0: For great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts, the TNT Shop is now open at TNTradio.live. Hervoy Morich on today's News Talk Radio TNT. It's the second hour I'm coming to you from the beach here in Mexico, cartel territory, as I like to call it uh we got michael j sutton of freedommatterstoday.com uh coming back on the program he's out in australia he's got he's published a lot of books uh would highly recommend uh, them uh, i think in the new year once i get some things settled i'll be buying uh probably all of his b- books in in physical form hiddenroadpublishing.com i think uh, he he self publishes there on a wide variety of T- topics and I always love chatting with him he's a very cool head um you know very nuanced he was in Russia recently he he called in from Russia and so uh, we will be talking to him uh, I thought I'd mention this story ruckus and I were talking about this earlier this week and Donald Tusk and, and him taking back uh control of the information of the broadcast station in in uh, Poland and Mike Ben's comments on this I think Mike uh, I I think I was pretty right in my assessment Mike Ben says the first thing NATO political groupies always do is seize the media and so my my view was that Donald Tusk is a full-on Brussels technocrat totalitarian technocrat apparatchik, and so what he was doing um and so anything that he does is going to be you know in favor of pro-eu pro-nato and and whatnot and so uh, that was an interesting comment from Mike Benz and also the story that ruckus and I discussed uh, fat Leonard who filmed orgies involving senior U.S. Navy admirals extradited to the U.S. by Venezuela so hmm now it makes more sense why, why the U.S. uh wants this guy you've got the Jeffrey Epstein stuff I'm reading that you know January first, Epstein stuff is is, is going to be released. People who are on some of those lists, you know. For me personally, you know, yawn. Wake me up when the list is 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 released. You know, we we keep hearing oh the list is there's this news story about the list uh, about this news story of the, the news story of the list going to be released, and nothing ever happens. So until something happens, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to hear about it. Um, this is a great clip um from ian plimer the blimmer uh, the geologist and he's come out and said if you're arguing that we get rid of fossil fuels you're arguing that we kill off half the world's population and what you are doing is advocating genocide and i i don't think you anyone could have said said it any better when it comes to the whole climate changeism, the, the green agenda death zero as i call it you know even traveling around Mexico here and just I kind of try to pay attention to everything that I'm seeing when I'm on the road, the towns, the cities, the infrastructure, the businesses, the services, you you know, hydrocarbons are absolutely essential if we take that away what people's lives will be like afterwards I don't even want to begin to imagine like literally we could not get across the city businesses would shut down um services essential services and and, and access to essential energy I mean all of that would collapse and crumble and people you know people would be dying from illness from um being famished uh, uh, all sorts of stuff so he really nails it uh, on the head uh, also this reports a psychiatrist from gender clinic warns gender affirming care so all that transgender madness will lead to mass sterilization so again I think it's part of that same theme the green agenda the transgender agenda um it's uh, a democide they're trying to democide us any which way that they can by hook or by crook whether it's you know through health through um the weather right climate through the gender stuff uh he's a london psychiatrist who spent 12 years working with children of the uk's government-funded tavistock gender clinic is warning that transitioning patients to a new gender identity isn't the answer to gender dysphoria countries embracing gender affirming care risk needless mass sterilization so again any which way they can whittle down the population those t- tavistock engineers out there in england right um that's where a lot of this stuff is uh, originating from and riley Wagaman, our, our man in moscow will uh more specifically i think he's in saint petersburg uh he's uh put out a new substack reporting on how in russia now cover 1984 multipolar edition as i call it in saint petersburg a mask regime was introduced for public uh events so the covid face mask the the, the mask regime during uh, this year's ma- mass new year's sports and cultural events will be introduced in saint petersburg started yesterday the corresponding resolution was signed by the chief state sanitary uh doctor for uh the city and so masks are back in saint petersburg um i think principally for employees of organizations and institutions schools uh, i think as well maybe maybe not necessarily for all Uh, citizens. But yeah, uh, you know, multipolar edition of globalism right there for all those people defending Moscow and uh, Beijing. Also, Bill Gates is back. Every child could have their own AI tutor. Of course, who's controlling the AI? Microsoft and these same people. By 2025, AI will be in common usage among most Americans, perhaps transforming daily life as we know it, says Bill Gates. Uh, and so, uh, basically soon he, he thinks AI use will be adopted and, and school, you know, students and schools will principally be, I guess, instructed by AI. Uh, I don't think that's cool because who's controlling the information going into the AI. We've already seen what's been going on with chat GPT and all that stuff. Um, this is an insane story. I I just chalk it up to empire in collapse. Jill Biden's press secretary michael la rosa was forced out of white house after he tried to take gay dates to his room on secure floor of hotel where president was staying during nato summit in, in uh, madrid all sorts of shenanigans uh, going on uh, there also vox day writes the empire enters the doom loop and uh yeah I think we are in the doom loop Uh, a lot more uh stories but we don't got time uh if you enjoy listening to tnt radio and think we're doing a good job do let us know submit uh why not leave us a like or positive review or comment on Facebook gab uh getter uh, leaving a podcast review over at uh, TNT radio's um, Apple or or Spotify is a big help you can also leave a review directly on our website at the top of tntradio.live help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's news talk tnt radio
1: connecting the dots painting the bigger picture they always have a great conversation today's news talk radio tnt
0: officials from denmark and the united soviet states of america have signed a bilateral security agreement that will grant us forces broad access to the scandinavian vassal country Here with the story joining me once again at tnt radio news producer adam clark aka ruckus
1: thanks rory um yeah i was wondering when i was previewing the story where i was getting hungry because it involves danish bases Get it, Danish? Just kidding. Uh, the Defense Cooperation Agreement, the DCA, will allow the United States to permanently deploy military aircraft to Denmark and grant U.S. forces access to the aforementioned Danish bases, uh, specifically in Aalborg Karup, and Skirdsdrup. Sk- Skirdsdrup? I think that's right. The uh, agreement was signed by U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Danish Foreign Minister Lars Ross. Rasmussen in Washington on December 21st, that would be today. Mr. Blinken said that the DCA would, quote, further strengthen security collaboration, end quote, and enhance interoperability between the two nations' militaries. He said, quote, collectively, these agreements underscore the shared agreement by the United States and our European partners to bolster European and transatlantic security. Denmark remains an essential partner in this effort, end quote, U.S.-Europe relationship key to countering Russia. Sorry, (laughs) read that wrong. The deal with Denmark means that the United States now has broad military access to the entirety of continental Scandinavia, with the exception of the autonomous Finnish territory of a land. The DCA also does not cover the Faroe Islands or Greenland, which are autonomous territories of Denmark. The U.S. has signed similar agreements, unbeknownst to me until now, with Bulgaria, the Czech Republic, Estonia, Finland, Hungary, Latvia, Lithuania, Norway, Poland, Slovakia, and Sweden. Negotiations on the agreement with Denmark began in February of last year, 2022, at which time the State Department characterized the agreement as, quote, a natural progression in our decades of security cooperation, end quote. A statement from the State Department reads, quote, the United States and Denmark work closely together on a wide range of issues important to both countries, to the NATO alliance and to the rest of the world, end quote. Notice how the rest of the world comes last. Cooperation with Denmark is as vital as ever, Mr. Blinken said, because of Russia's attempted conquest of Ukraine quote uh, this is something he said at the signing ceremony quote Denmark continues to play a leading role in ensuring Putin's war on Ukraine remains a strategic failure it was one of the first countries to commit to supplying F-16s to Ukraine and to train Ukrainian pilots to fly them our countries together are committed to enabling Ukraine to stand on its own and to stand on its own strongly militarily economically democratically end quote Aha, so they're passing the buck over to them. Uh, When the United States signed a similar agreement with Finland earlier in the week, Russia's leadership made clear that it hasn't taken kindly to U.S. efforts to bolster U.S. military presence in Scandinavia. Uh, Russian Russian President Vladimir Putin claimed that the DCA would create, quote-unquote, problems in the region and vowed to increase Russian military presence along the Finnish border. According to the Russian government, it also plans to reorganize some military divisions and deploy more troops in the Northwest in response to what it sees as, quote, NATO's desire to build up military potential near the Russian borders, end quote. Well, it sure looks that way. I mean, who can blame the dude. Mr. Rasmussen, who previously served as prime minister of Denmark, said that continued cooperation between the United States and Europe is vital, vital to confronting Russian aggression in Ukraine, terrorism against Israel and the growing humanitarian crisis in Gaza, because it has to be all of the things all at once uh he said quote we both know that peace and stability cannot be taken for granted in a time like this friends must stick together and that is what we are doing with this agreement you can always count on us and we will always count on you end quote yeah Herbori what do you think about this one
0: I mean this is nothing more than aggressive uh imperialism they're going for global control and I came across these two um stories just yesterday today you know one was from Arctos journal um, published yesterday Mackinder's heartland theory shaping Eurasian geopolitics and so talks about Mackinder's you know heartland um, theory trying to prevent Eurasia from coming together and they conclude by saying control over Eastern Europe was seen as pivotal when trying to stem the rise of Russia as a major power and Mackinder argued for the establishment of buffer states to basically act on a beh- on behalf of Western powers against both Russia and um, Germany, even in tsarist times, when Russia was ruled by family members of the British royal dynasty, Russia was already considered a threat, an enemy, and an obstacle on the path to Anglo-Saxon world domination. This idea still permeates and continues to dominate Anglo-American policy in regard to Russia to this very day. And one more story I got from uh, LouRockwell.com repost RT news, and I got this from my friend um, John who will be uh, on the program with me uh tomorrow. He he tweeted this out how. Putin says, I was naive about the West. Putin has said he was wrong to assume the West would establish productive relations with Russia after the collapse of the USSR. In reality, it was determined to break the nation apart, said Putin in a recent interview. He admitted he was a naive leader early in his political career, even though he had solid background in Soviet intelligence. And now he's talking about, yeah, it looks like the Anglo-Saxon West basically wants to break up disintegrate deconstruct destroy uh mother Russia and I think that this this story that you mentioned about Denmark uh, allowing the U.S. to permanently deploy military aircraft to Denmark and grant U.S. forces access to Danish bases this is what it's all about um, breaking Russia uh, apart and assuring that there there are no other competitors um, to Anglo-Saxon global domination
1: what say you Ruckus uh, yeah, all of that for sure. It's it, When I when I was reading, when I caught on to the point that they've done this with all these other countries, and I, I mean, it's, it's not like I knew, and they don't teach you this stuff in school. They don't make sure everyone hears about this on the news. They sure made sure that everybody heard about the cases that were going on during the pandemic, but I digress. Um, but yeah, clearly this is just uh, business as usual is what we could label this one, Harori yeah and
0: you know putin goes on he says this alleged western plan hinged on the premise that several smaller states would have no weight or voice of their own and would have no chance to defend their national interests um and so he talks about brzezinski you know in the 90s uh, he published his book brzezinski and this is what it's all about full spectrum dominance um whatever else they they call it it's it's their do- doctrine to create a true world uh, Empire Cecil Rhodes um explicitly th- discussed this and so I think uh, I I'm just wondering uh, at what point will the Russians retaliate uh and and their allies and history again shows us even if the Russians were weaker they they you know defeated Napoleon they defeated Hitler and so you, you got to take that uh, into account as well. If if we do get this party started, as I often say, ruckus, World War III. Uh, all right. Have a great evening uh, out there in Texas, what used to be part of Mexico. Uh, and we'll talk to you uh, tomorrow. We got Michael J. Sutton coming up uh, right after this.
1: TNT Radio's Chris Smith.
0: Despite being used to protect travellers from terrorists, hijackers or violent drunks or those who were drugged out as they board, and this has been going on since 1961, they won't be around this Thanksgiving. None of them. Air marshals were always meant to be invisible. Well, you can guarantee that this Thanksgiving. Ironically, the Biden administration has been hijacking air marshals for all kinds of other duties, leaving the passengers they were meant to guard and protect completely helpless. Air marshals have been lumbered with assisting the chaos on the southern border. They might be called air marshals, but an unknown number are now seconded to work on the ground. Maybe they're ground marshals now, marshalling illegal immigrants on the border and doing the job supposedly meant
2: for the United States Customs and Border Protection. Where are they? Chris Smith on
1: TNT Radio. I'm- I wanted to alleviate my pain. I also didn't want to be who I was. I always just felt like there was just something wrong with me and I was trying to figure it out and I used the internet to help me do that. Seemingly out of nowhere, we've suddenly seen a huge spike in media depictions and social media
0: depictions of transgenderism. It's even reached the mainstream advertising world.
1: The people who are consuming this are children, 13, 14, 15 years old, and it's so easy for them to literally be groomed. I just woke up one day and looked at myself in the mirror and asked myself, what the heck am I doing?
2: When trans-identified kids are referred to specialized gender clinics, they're often told that they're going to get comprehensive, multidisciplinary mental health assessments.
1: That's not supposed to happen. What do we do now? D trans, the dangers of gender affirming care. For more information, go to PragerU.com. Are we on the air? Am I on the air?
2: You're on the air.
1: On the air 24 7, your news talk giant, ENT.
0: All right, returning to the broadcast is Michael J. Sutton, political economist, professor, priest, pastor, now a publisher, CEO of Freedom Matters uh, Today, the website freedommatterstoday.com. He's got a, uh, a podcast and uh, he also writes for Brownstone Institute, brownstone.org. Uh, you can also head over to hiddenroadpublishing.com. He's got a long list of books on a wide variety of subjects there. How are you doing, Michael?
2: Oh, really? Well, thanks, Savore, and, and Merry Christmas to you and your family um, this year. And may you have a happy new year as well.
0: Same to you. Uh, I get, perhaps, you know, one of the few remaining networks, TNT Radio, where we can actually say the C word, uh, Christmas. Uh, oh, I yes. had a po- I had a podcast guest not long ago, uh, and during my interview with him, I was taken aback uh, because it was the first time in a long time where someone actually said, um, common era instead of you know uh 2000 uh, ad they said common era and i'm still thinking well even Uh if you say common era it's still 2023 years after after what you know yeah so uh any thoughts on, on on that you know this idea of trying to not use in the year of our lord or before christ and and um use before common era common era
2: it reflects a sort of a cowardice of the culture, really, but but I think it also reflects a genuine uh, sense that people don't know who Jesus is, and I think we have to, in some ways, respect that because uh, one of the the great failings of Christianity has been really to convey the identity of Jesus effectively, and so we have the you know, we're coming and celebrating Christmas at the moment, and we have little baby Jesus, no crying he makes. We have all the pomp and pageantry, and in this, a lot of people know about Christmas, but they don't really know uh, who Jesus is. And so part of this frustration on their part, probably part of it is this um, this genuine sense that they have no idea who they are, and they have no idea who God is as well. And so um, I think we need to try and um, uh, meet them where they are and accept their the bizarre obsession with their disciples. a a, a bizarre obsession to eradicate Jesus from history, uh, which is probably the last thing that the people of the first century did because they knew exactly who he was because they'd seen him live.
0: And uh, I would have thought, you know, at at least they would try a different avenue. You know, it's completely absurd to use the, you know, the, the calendar year as one way to erase Jesus because it's still 2023 years after the Jesus event. You you can't get out of that. So um, I thought that was a weak attempt. But I also got a a silly question for you, Michael. Is is Bruce Willis's Die Hard a Christmas movie?
2: <laughs> oh, there's a few answers to that, but I probably couldn't repeat them on air. Um, but uh, probably, probably, if you're in a particular way, a particular frame of mind, and if you are sitting watching it with a, with with uh, with the mates or people who appreciate that kind of thing, but it certainly was an, was a was an incredible film when it was first broadcast um it was uh it certainly what was the name of the guy who played the villain uh, he went on to play um, um severus snape in in harry potter which I think was his much better role but he was he was incredible as the evil evil german uh, villain um but a great a great film probably a christmas movie what do you think of i
0: i would say so you know back when we didn't have the internet or, or you know it was just cable tv they'd always be playing die hard uh home alone around christmas time and it's just become at least for me part of that culture and i don't think it's a bad thing and you know i i also in a way treasure whatever you know whatever people say about hollywood these days and the bad things that come out of it um i i view bruce willis as as an icon he's made a lot of uh you know powerful films uh he starred in a lot of powerful films um th- that were you know good uh you know family movies as well and uh yeah and it's it's a shame that you know his health has has just gone completely downhill and, uh, and I I don't think I don't know if he's coherent um uh anymore it might have been the pentagon juice shot uh or or not but you know we all get old you know Robin Williams um, died or uh, some years ago and so uh 10 statistically 10 out of 10 people die uh uh Michael, you know, I got I got that from Ray Comfort of Living Waters, a big fan of him. T- ten out of ten people die. Real quick, Michael, we're going to jump to our headlines. We'll be right back. TNT.
2: Here's what's making news. TNT
1: Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. The Biden 2024 campaign has drawn a controversial parallel between former President Donald Trump and Nazi dictator Adolf Hitler. Carl Rove, a well-known political strategist, expressed his view that the Colorado Supreme Court's decision to remove former President Donald Trump from the state's ballot will ultimately work in Trump's favor. Canada's immigration minister, Mark Miller, has announced that people in the Gaza Strip with family ties to Canada will soon be eligible to apply for temporary visas.
0: The common house fly, caught in the clutches of the spider's web. Every move it makes just makes matters worse. Then dinner time. Feast on the captivating stories, videos, and helpful information on our website.
2: Oh. Dinner's
0: ready. Oh, man. Escape is futile. Just one more video. Get stuck in our web. Tntradio.live. We're back with Michael J. Sutton of Freedom uh, Also, he contributes to brownstone.org. I love the work that they're doing uh and hiddenroadpublishing.com where you can check out his books and we we were going to discuss Christmas uh a bit Michael I know last year around this time people can check the the archives I had uh, as well really great guests um uh, to discuss uh specifically uh Christmas uh so people can check the archive but uh and you know something else something happened here recently in Mexico which was kind of sad and in, in Mexico it's interesting uh, a big thing uh, are the what we call the, the posadas, right? Like the get-togethers. And family is really big here in Mexico. People spend a lot of time with their family. Uh, they have these big uh, get-togethers with big meals, lunches, and dinners that last like half the day. And it's unfortunate because I don't see them this happening so much in the Western world uh, anymore, like the US or, or Europe, it's still a big thing in Mexico, which is great. Uh, but, you know, an unfortunate turn of events recently, 12 people died at one of these Christmas gatherings uh, in Mexico. The cartel uh, shot up the party because I think one of the attendees was a rival cartel member, but, you know, 12 people died attending innocently um, this Christmas party. But, you know, hey, it, it, it happens. And so your thoughts on how in the Western world, these sort of family-friend get, get-togethers are sort of uh, dying. And then your, your wider thoughts on uh, Christmas.
2: Yeah, that's a really good observation. I hadn't really thought about that. I think uh, probably Christmas in Australia has always been sort of a, a, a family and friends affair. I think most Australians are fairly relaxed about Christmas. We One thing I have noticed this uh, the last few years is the extension of Christmas from the the time around the 25th all the way back to almost the beginning of December. And so we have Christmas events, end of year Christmas parties, Christmas carol services. Uh, we went to a great Christmas carol service um, a few weeks ago, actually, um, down by the beach and hundreds of people, maybe over a thousand people were there and they sang all the secular carols, sang some beautiful Christmas carols, Christian songs, uh, under the stars, under the gum trees, um, participated uh Joined by various choirs and so on, and so I think rather than I guess Christmas becoming more of a secular event, I think it's becoming more of a celebration of human life and uh, and about family and about bringing people together. It's also a sense because it ties into New Year as well. It ties into all those very strong European traditions about New Year, about the beginning of of a, of a new season, uh, and. Uh, and in in Australia, of course, we have a sunny Christmas, we don't have a wintry Christmas. Um, and um but there is, there is it is becoming more of a um a Christmas of lights, a Christmas of celebration. um and I think these are all these are all very positive things, a time to rest and reflect. um but at the same time it it is missing the essential element of Christmas uh, because it is a time of Christ, the, the birth of Christ. And uh, and it goes back to what I was. um, I wrote a a book recently called "What Are the Pronouns of God," and it's my latest book. And it's a critique of identity politics uh, in the West, primarily because uh, people today are very unsure, as I was saying, who they are, where they're going. We want everyone to know who we are. Um, I write in the book that twenty years ago, if a man said he was a rabbit, we'd lock him away. Uh, These days, we give him a job, we allow him to eat his lettuce and hop around the office and making the ceo so people uh, have many different definitions of what um, it means to be a human being today some people don't even identify as human beings and so i thought well what are the what are the pronouns of god and uh, for me uh, the pronouns of god are the exclusive claims of christianity that the the presence the power and the person of god is found in the identity of jesus and so for me uh, it's um, um it's time to pull out the big guns as they say and to go back to the to what the Bible says about who uh, God is and who the identity what the identity of Jesus is, um, and for me, I, I jump onto the identity bandwagon and say, "Great, you want to talk about identity? Let's talk about the identity of God." Um, and from my point of view. Um, we need to understand who Jesus was. And what's interesting, Havore, is that as I was doing my research on the book, that the early Christians took several centuries to work out who they decided Jesus was uh, anyway, because it wasn't until several centuries later that we have the great um, uh, declaration of the Athanasian Creed and other creeds. But certainly in the New Testament, the um, between AD 30, AD not CE, but you can say CE if you want to, AD CE, sounds like a rock band. Um, from AD uh, 33 to AD 70, the identity of Jesus is clearly stated in the New Testament, um, and particularly the the book of the letter to the Hebrews, which was written before the fall of Jerusalem. Very contentious claim there. but uh, uh, And so what we have in the New Testament is that Jesus is both human and that's how the Bible presents him. Um, but through this human Jesus, we see the rise of the um, Jesus as the Son of God and Jesus identified as the the presence of God amongst us. And for me, Christmas time is a time where we need to remind ourselves that it isn't little baby Jesus, but we have the presence, the power, and the person of God found in Jesus um, amongst us. And he is amongst us today.
0: And what you mentioned is something that for many years now i've thought about you know attending christmas events in 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 many countries that i've that i've um, lived in um whether it was in the us or croatia um switzerland mongolia kazakhstan mexico uh wherever it was celebrated and often people would celebrate you know whether it was at, at my school where where i worked here in mexico we'd have christmas get-togethers and mexico's more catholic and so they might have a little bit it might be a little more explicit christ uh you know they, they have different events they have this big like cake where they throw in like a baby jesus and then uh, we would cut it would be every person's turn to cut the cake and take the slice and then if you got the slice with the little like baby inside you would have to p- pay for lunch for you know the entire um uh, department or or whatever stuff like this but i would always think in the back of my mind what you just mentioned that we're it's it's christmas we're all celebrating um christmas it's it's about jesus and no one's talking about him and i would just try to find a way i think you know to be the one but to put my foot forward well let's talk about jesus for a moment and his importance because we're all here celebrating this event but no one wants to talk about him because it's, it's politically incorrect uh Right. And so, you know, any thoughts on that? And then, and trying to sort of break that silence.
2: Absolutely. I think we need to really uh, go back to the identity of Jesus, which is what I'm trying to do with Freedom Matters today. Uh, talk about the identity, the person, the words of Jesus, his his life. And I think for for a lot of people who are repelled by the church or the repelled by institutional religion, I think the, the way to, to open a conversation is to start talking about the authenticity of the life of Jesus, the kind of person he was, uh, his kindness, his love, his generosity, his compassion, his mercy, his um, forgiveness. And the more we talk about Jesus and his life and the kind of person he was, I think that's a really that really resonates with people because people are looking for authenticity. They want something real and i think that one of the one of the problems of the past i remember i grew up with the idea with i remember a bishop said to us don't try and understand it just believe it and for me i've always had a problem with that because in the new testament we have the story of mary the mother of jesus who thought he's she she thought her son was nuts and there's a there's an episode where she tries to restrain jesus and and lock him up or lock him away because he was an embarrassment and so here we have the Mary, the, the mother of Jesus, who was allowed to doubt. She's allowed to go on her own journey of discovery. And somewhere between that period and and the cross, she comes to see him uh, as he sees himself, the, the Son of God, the Messiah. And so we need to allow people the opportunity to process the identity of Jesus for themselves and instead of telling them, well, you have to believe, you have to believe. Uh, we can present to them the account of the New Testament and say to them, well, look, you know, the the New Testament account is a very balanced view of the life of Jesus. Peter and Paul, uh, they reject the extremities. Um, the gospel writers state things. They don't try to justify uh, events. They just say, this miracle occurred, and they just write about it. They don't try to, I guess, sort of defend it. And so they're, they're also trying to understand the identity of Jesus. And even at the, the resurrection of Jesus, a number of the disciples doubt that he rose from the dead, even though he is there amongst them. And so we have this uh, testimony about him that 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 God wants us to to encounter God, encounter Jesus through our own process of investigation, to to read the New Testament, to come to terms with who Jesus said he was, and and who he is for us today. And and I think that's a really important place for people to start because uh, the Bible. Presents uh, Jesus as the as the message of God. Um, certainly, the, the the letter to the Hebrews is encouraging the Jewish people of the the first half of the first century to see Jesus as the Messiah and not to go back to the temple and not not to go back to the Torah, but to accept Jesus as the um, the Son of God and uh, what's remarkable about hebrews is that you have in the first couple of verses there are all the all the aspects or characteristics of jesus he's the the one who sustains the world world through the power of his word he's the um the one who um, uh, achieved the purification of sin uh, provided the purification of sin he's the one the heir of all things he's the one through whom the universe was created and so what we've done is we've turn Jesus into little baby Jesus, no crying he makes. So we make him into some kind of emblem for our political ambition. But we're talking about not only the Son of God, but as the letter to the Hebrews says, Jesus is the exact representation of his being. Um, And in Greek, it's the same substance. Jesus is the same substance as God. And so that's why I say that the exclusive claims of Christianity is that the presence, the power, and the person of God is found in the identity of Jesus. And the other thing, Havori, is that we often talk about the resurrection and we try to convince people of the resurrection. But I don't think that's really the most important thing. The most important thing is to know who Jesus is. And for the early Christians and the early Jews, the identity of Jesus was the key issue. It wasn't the resurrection. Um, because um, the idea that someone would rise from the dead, well, it's very common in the ancient world. But the the claims of Jesus about his his divinity and his um, his relationship with his father were definitely the reasons that got him killed.
0: Yeah. And well, I yeah, I would think resurrection is part of his um, identity because, you know, he, he came back and he's uh, alive today. And that is part of that uh, identity. And uh, just, you know, one more thing uh, that, that came to mind is how more and more people uh, in more and more countries, especially the West um they're not using the term Christmas they're saying hey happy holidays or here in Mexico they say Felices fiestas happy sort of like parties and uh, I always try to respond back Merry Christmas (laughs) particularly (laughs) um but you know since you mentioned what he was killed for uh you know John Whitehead uh, of rutherford.org you may be familiar with him Uh, he writes around this time of the year he always writes an article um and this one was fantastic called born in a police state the deep state's persecution of its most vulnerable citizens and he talks about jesus he says what if jesus had been born 2000 years later what if instead of being born into the roman police state jesus had been born at this moment in time what kind of reception would jesus and his family be given would we recognize the christ child's humanity let alone his divinity Would, would we treat him any differently than he was treated by the roman uh empire and he says this, uh and he gives one um example which i i think <laughs> i just oh here it is he says um um yeah i lost the the, the spot but basically i think so, he, he wouldn't have been treated uh, any differently maybe even worse if you were born uh uh in, in this time but in any case i want to get your further thoughts on this uh and more uh after the break it's time for our break again the website's freedom matters today com. Uh, you can find Michael's uh, articles at Jeff Tucker's brownstone.org, also hiddenroadpublishing.com. Uh, feel free to leave any questions in the chat, uh, in my email, or call in, we'll be right back. My character Shazam knows all about growing up in a family full of teenage superheroes. They're bold. Where's everyone going? To fight crime. Okay. Adventurous. Shazam! There's never a dull moment. Ah! And no matter what happens, they'll always have your back. All they need is a place to grow and be themselves. And the best part is, you don't have to be a superhero to adopt a teen. Learn more about adopting a teen from foster care. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. You can't imagine the reward.
2: While serving in Afghanistan, I was hit by sniper fire. The fighting was so intense, the medevac chopper was barely able to land. In the hospital, I was given a 5% chance to live. It's a good thing math wasn't my best subject. Today, I visit classrooms and share my story. I talk to kids about dealing with life's struggles. I tell them, with a little help and a lot of work, that you can overcome any challenge. DAV helps veterans like Adam get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. I know that some struggles are big and some are small, but they're all struggles, and you have to learn to get through them. With support from DAV, more veterans like me can live their best life And as a new father, I have one more reason to keep on keeping on. My victory is being there for the next generation. Adam Alexander,
1: may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org.
2: Critically analyzing global affairs. This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk Radio TNT.
0: It's our final segment with Michael J. Sutton talking about all things, uh, Christmas, uh, and you can get his new book. What are God's pronouns? The identity of Jesus from a Christian perspective over at, uh, Amazon just published uh, a week, a week ago. Uh, and, and I was, um, talking about John Whitehead of rutherford.org, his, his great, uh, article born in a police state. Uh, and he talks about if Jesus were born today and he says, consider the following, if you will. Had Jesus been born in the era of the American police state, rather than traveling to Bethlehem for a census, Jesus' parents would have been mailed a 28-page American community survey A mandatory government questionnaire documenting their habits household inhabitants work schedule how many toilets are in their home etc the penalty for not responding to this invasive survey can go as high as five thousand dollars instead of being born in a manger jesus might have been born at home rather than wise men and shepherds bringing gifts the baby's parents might have been forced to ward off visits from state social workers intent on prosecuting them for the home uh, birth. One couple in Washington had all three of their children removed after social services objected to the two youngest being birthed in an unassisted home uh delivery. And you get the gist John Whitehead goes on and on giving many of these uh I- examples. Any thoughts on that? Because you, you often talk about um fascism uh and, and and freedom and your thoughts on if Jesus were born um today and you know where we are um it just seems like the tyranny Continues to slowly uh, get worse.
2: Absolutely, I would say that Jesus was born at home. Um, in in the Greek, it says that he was, there was no room for him in the in the house or in the room. And so, what it was probably was that he went to Joseph went to the family home. Um, and because he was a, a young uh, spouse with his or engaged to be married to Mary, with whom to uh, they were not married at that stage. Um, they were f- kind of forced to have the the worst part of the house. So Grandpa, Grandma and Mum and Dad and all the other relatives got the um the first and second bedroom, and they were shoved right at the back. And so that's why they were near the animals because they got the the worst position. And I think that is sort of goes into the humility of the birth of of Christ, and it shows something that we we elevate as something very positive. Uh, but at the time it was something very humiliating for for them and for for Jesus, of course. Um, as he came to understand his role and his relationship with his father, to submit to his father's will, to do what God wanted him to do, something that the gospels uh, um, talk about. We get little glimmers of that throughout the gospels, uh, Jesus struggling with his will, uh, struggling with the mission that he'd been given to be the uh, the sacrifice for the sin of the world, Um but that's why he came he came to restore our relationship with god he came to be the savior of the world to die for sin as as the writer to the hebrew says uh, that he provided purification for sin a statement that would have been deeply offensive to the jewish hearers of his time jesus was not a levite he was a descendant of david which meant nothing in those days but um, for him to even assert that that Jesus was the one who provided purification for sin uh, in its totality. So the entire sin of the world was paid by his death on the cross. Um, As I often say, Jesus stood because where we could not stand, he fought because we could not fight, um, and he uh, died in our place uh, for our sin. But I think also the birth of Jesus is such a wonderful thing because God decided to reveal himself uh, in a human form, And so what God does is he blesses and sanctifies the human experience, that it's a beautiful thing, it's a wonderful thing. Um, Human life, uh, the experiences of Jesus were our experiences. He wasn't a media magnate like like Donald Trump. Uh, He didn't play golf, um, but he did experience our life in its totality, uh, the difficulties and the trials. And so he understands what it means to be human because he himself became human, And he did exhibit his divine power only for the benefit of others. He never used his divine power for his own benefit. And his Father in heaven never came to his aid, uh, as he often did to the aid of the uh, Israelites in the Old Testament, because he wanted Jesus to live a completely human life and to, to suffer as we suffered. And so for me, I think that's another way to talk about the, the relevance of Jesus for people today because God is not this distant deity, elusive mystery, but God is a person uh, in the person of Jesus who came to live our life and to share our suffering. But once he he experienced this, he went back to heaven after the resurrection and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And so there's an elevation uh, to his kingship status that he he suffered for us, um, he died for us, he lived for us, and now he uh, continues to advocate for us um, before before uh, his father in heaven. And so for me, Christmas is about celebrating the, the beauty of life because God decided to become human um, and wanted to live our experience. And so our, as we celebrate with our friends and our families, we can do so not with the sense that I think the Western church has sort of made this... Um, artificial distinction between the spirit and the flesh, that everything about the flesh is bad, wicked, sinful. There's nothing wrong with a good meal. There's nothing wrong with catching up with friends a museum. Go to Russia. There's hundreds of museums, beautiful art uh, throughout Europe as well um, and in and in America. Um, the creativity of the human spirit, um, the wonder of the beauty of creation. These are all God's gifts to us, Avore, and what the world has said, the West has said, is that we're in this constant struggle with the left and the right and the up and the down. But I think Christmas reminds us that that, that God came, he dwelt amongst us, uh, the word became flesh, and Jesus uh, died for us so we might live and have life to the full. And so we ought to do that because Jesus has finished his work um, and we are to continue his, his work amongst those um, who don't know him.
0: Yeah, what you just mentioned there kind of reminds me of why I try to always stay f- focused on the bigger picture. You might, you know, people might notice myself as a guest, uh, as a host. I often kind of like always I'm looking at big, big picture, generally uh, asking my guests because, uh, you know, a, a lot of stuff, they're just details. And you know, I always think of eternity, life and death, as you mentioned, the God, uh, Christ and, and and judgment. And I don't have time for, you know, this this race stuff. Uh, you know, there's people, conservatives who are obsessed with like the, the, the white uh, race being a race. I'm just like, you know, at the end, it's I, have, I believe there's only one race. And it's, it's really I don't personally view that as as important. And technically, I always kind of point out I, I'm not even white. I'm a Slav. Slavs are not really considered um, uh, white. But, you know, all these little <laughs> squabbles. And I'm like, uh, let's put that aside. Let's come together. People from the left, from the right let's just you know unity and you know we shouldn't seek unity above um all things you know there are things that are of doctrinal importance when it comes to um christ and, and and god but um i think we need to spend more time looking at the bigger picture and uh contemplate death because it's it's coming for us all sooner or uh later which another reason why i'm not so afraid uh of it because eventually <laughs> we're all we're all going to uh die and um any other thoughts on on um christmas or uh, new year's uh um, or or anything else
2: well i think that anyone i think or anyone can come to know god um paul says that there were supporters of the house of caesar uh, who called themselves christians there were supporters of herod who was a nasty piece of work but some of the herodians were christians and so even even members of the deep state can come to know jesus as their lord and savior and maybe even maybe even donald trump um who knows i mean no one is beyond the love and mercy of god um or, or and so hulk hogan i
0: i don't know if you saw this story seven-year-old wwf wrestler hulk hogan uh j- just yesterday uh, got baptized
2: oh okay <laughs> so no one is beyond the love and mercy of god and i think it as long as we accept the identity of jesus and i think through understanding who he is we can understand more clearly who we are and i think that's a great comfort for many people who are searching for their own identity and don't know who they are so i think for me jesus is the um the presence the power and the person of god um and once we know who he is we can uh, we can uh, we can follow him and we have that assurance that we're following the one who uh, went before us and uh, provided that purification for sin and who uh, enabled us to know the Father again. And so this is not just for for us Westerners, but it's for everyone. And I agree with you, Havore, uh, it's not about black or white, up or down. We're all in the human race, and it's for everyone that God, that, uh, God sent Christ. Um, and Christ came for everyone, even white people
0: yeah, and um I, I I just continue looking at this, this this article from John Whitehead. It's just really amusing the 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 um thought experiment he conducts here where he says Jesus's anti-government views would have resulted in him being labeled a domestic uh, extremist. while traveling from community to community. Jesus might have been reported to government officials as suspicious under the DHS to see something say something programs rather than being permitted to live as an itinerant preacher. Jesus might have found himself threatened with arrest for daring to live off the grid or sleeping uh, outside because you know in a number of cities that's uh criminalized now. And so really that you, you know and some there's nothing new under the sun as it's written in in Ecclesiastes but also some things have changed in uh, 2000 years we we, we got uh, three minutes. Uh, to midnight, you know. Any other thoughts? Uh, any thoughts on what may await us uh, on the other side of the new year in in twenty twenty four?
2: Well, the letter, the author to the letters to the Hebrews says we're in the last days. He wrote that two thousand years ago, and so we await the return of Christ. We await the um, the end of all things, the new heavens and new earth. Um, and we're just called to follow Jesus wherever He leads, and to um, to know God and to know ourselves really. And this Christmas time is a time for us to reflect, to to celebrate, uh, to be with family and friends and remember that uh, that God decided to become one of us. Um, and he He celebrated our life, so we might celebrate him. And so I wish you a very happy and happy merry Christmas, Havore, to you and your family and to everyone there at TNT Radio. And thank you for the wonderful opportunity of coming on and uh, talking with you this year.
0: It's it, same to you out there in Australia and the other part of the world. It's just amazing. Sometimes the, the this technology that we have. I'm here from the beach and a roving radio host. You're out there in Australia. Um, and uh, again, your, your book uh, is available uh, on Amazon. It says it's temporarily out of stock, but I'm sure anytime you, you make an order, uh, you'll get it whenever the stock comes back in. Um, uh, and and you've got another yet another book uh, as well you you just mentioned to me that you're uh, working on. and so um wh- wh- any uh, thought on that as well, let us know all of your projects and and places we can find you.
2: yeah, well, that's that's freedom from fear um dot com. and so we have various plans for next year, new projects coming up, um all our books available through amazon uh, and, uh, We'll go into the e-books next year as well, so you can get a copy. of ore so uh, you inspired us to you inspired us to do that. So thank you for for that uh, motivation. Um, but um, yeah, it's been a wonderful privilege to talk about about faith and life and how the Christian faith applies to to our existence and our, our experiences in our crazy world. But I don't think much changes. I think Whitehead's probably right. I think there would have been a lot of, um, as I say, deep state people who do. Um, um, see themselves as followers of Jesus as there were Romans who supported um, the Savior um, and so that's a great blessing too so not much not much changes but God is with us every day and so God bless
0: Alright, I look uh, forward to talking with you uh, next year uh, Michael, uh, freedommatterstoday.com uh, I'm signing off, uh, Steve Malsberg is up next, keep on rocking in the not so free world that's what Jesus said uh, did be seeing you